Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And I have a special guest with me. I have Rob Walker of NOLA.com, Saints reporter. What's going on, Rob? Not much, man. Just getting through this season, man. We're two weeks in. <laughs> yeah, man, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for taking the time out of uh, being on the podcast once again. Uh, Rob, I mean... Week two, man, it was a rough outing for the New Orleans Saints uh, going to Las Vegas. And uh, like your article stated, what happens in Vegas needs to stay in Vegas. Uh, <laughs> but the, uh, the New Orleans Saints, they, they they come off a very tough loss, man, to the Raiders, 34 to 24. And the offense wasn't looking that good out there. Neither was the defense. And some of the people that we rely on to make plays for this team didn't show up. So, Rob, uh, what are your thoughts about that week two matchup against the Raiders? Um. It was if you're a Saints fan, I mean, it was definitely some reasons to be discouraged. I mean, you just saw a lot of things that were very, very uncharacteristic of his team. Um, I mean, obviously, we talk about Drew first and just his, you know, he missed some passes and threw an interception that he usually doesn't throw. Uh, you look at all the penalties, he had missed tackles, uh, and I didn't really, I didn't write much about the defense in in my column Monday, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Monday night. But mm-hmm. man, the defense was pretty bad too. I mean, they missed a lot of tackles and. It was just really uncharacteristic, you know, especially considering how they had played the week before. You know, this is a team that, you know, even if the offense played bad, the defense had got, sort of gotten to a point where, you know, they could pick up the slack. And that wasn't the case Monday night, especially there in the second half. I mean, it was just not good. Yeah, just awful, man. Like I said, they need to go ahead and burn that tape once it once it's all said and done, man, because that tape never want, needs to see the light of day ever again. <laughs> Yeah, nothing good. Nothing good on that thing. <laughs> not, 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 not a thing, man. Not, not a thing at all. But uh, you said that you didn't really talk about the defense, mostly the offense. Uh, Rob, what, what have you seen um out of Drew Brees the last couple times, man? I mean, this is such uncharted territory that we're looking at right now when it comes to Drew Brees. I mean, inaccurate throws, uh, throws being thrown to the ground, overthrowing guys. What do you think is like the biggest issue with Drew Brees right now? Man, I, I'm trying not to put too much into just two games. Right. But it's just so – we're just not used to seeing this. So right. you have to – if you're not concerned about it, I mean, I think you're probably being a little naive. I just think mm-hmm. this team uh, – I mean, we know what he can do and what he's done in the past. And just to see such a dramatic drop-off, I mean, he's only completing 64% of his passes. And these aren't – a lot of these aren't like, you know, tough passes to make. It's just some passes that – that are usually just automatic for him, you know. He just hadn't been able right. to do it. And, and I know this offense is predicated a lot on timing. You know, Drew's kind of, a, you know, he's drops backs and he drops back and he throws the ball. I mean, it's not a whole lot of scrambling around and that stuff. It's just everything's timing. And I think once that timing's off just a little bit, and it takes – it doesn't take much to get that timing off. I mean, it could be a receiver just getting knocked off his route a little bit or right. some pressure coming from the inside. It makes Drew, you know, get off of his spots and – I, just, I don't think the time has been there. And, you know, we, we asked Drew about that yesterday, about um, particularly like just not having preseason games and the limited offseason. But, you know, Drew doesn't play a lot in the preseason anyway, in the right. preseason game. So um, they're not using that as an excuse. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we just have to see how they how they do this week. I, I do think not having Michael Thomas is – and I told people <laughs> that week, I think not having Michael Thomas is really, really huge because, I mean, he was just a guy that – that Drew could rely on. I mean, that's kind of his, I don't want to call him a crutch, but I mean, he's the guy that Drew could 
they had their timing. Their timing is so down that you know. Yeah, he's not there. It's just, it's just different. Yeah, but uh, Rob, let me ask you this: uh, since we're talking about Michael Thomas, do you feel like it's on Sean Payton uh, to make sure that when you don't have a guy like Michael Thomas in the lineup, of course you're going to lose production because I mean, 149 receptions last season. He's arguably the best receiver in football. But do you feel like it's Sean Page's responsibility to make sure that he draws up plays for Traquan Smith, uh, for Marquez Callaway, for Emmanuel Sanders to put those guys in positions to succeed? Do you feel like maybe they're putting too much emphasis on Michael Thomas and his play in his uh, offensive plays and not focusing more on the other guys who could possibly fill that role in if Michael Thomas gets hurt? Thus, he is right now. Do you feel like Sean Payton needs to get the other guys more involved offensively? Yeah, I think, I mean, when you look at this roster, this is a team that they have enough weapons on this offense that one player going down shouldn't kill the Saints. I mean, they just right. got too many weapons for it. So, right. so yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I don't know if it's Sean Payton or if it's Drew, though. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think sometimes I think Drew depends on Mike because he knows he can trust him. Mm. You throw the ball to Mike, he's going to catch it. I mean, right. it's just it's pretty much automatic. And I, I think Drew's kind of come to depending on that. But right. but yeah, they definitely have to get some of the other guys involved. But I mean, Trey Quan had a you know he had a decent game the other night. Right. Um, Emmanuel Sanders didn't have a, he didn't play. No, no, he, didn't, he didn't do much. He had one catch really late in the game. Uh, right. You look at a guy like Jared Cook, he didn't do much um, in that game either. So I mean, they they have too many weapons not to be able to use them. And um, again, I just don't know how much of that is shot, how much of that is. Drew's just so accustomed to throwing the mic and, right. and getting it done. Because Drew talked about, you know, he doesn't care about – he's not concerned about all the criticism of people saying, oh, he can't throw it downfield. He just wants to move those chains. And, you know, if they have to do it five yards at a time, he's fine with that. And, you know, you, you could do that with a guy like Mike. You just know he's going to catch the ball for you. Yeah. But, I mean, you talk about the trust aspect. Does this mean that Drew Brees doesn't trust the rest of his wide receivers? And, you know, like – and how, in your opinion, how can he learn to trust these guys? Is it through reps or is it the fact that maybe he needs to see something more out of these guys? Like, what is it about, you know, what is it about Drew Brees and his lack of trust with these guys right now? I think it is going to be a matter of reps. And I think he's at a point now where he doesn't have a choice. Mike's not there. You got to find a way to, you know, work the chemistry with these other guys and get them involved and, um, that's why I'm so curious to see how this week turns out. I just think, you know, I think last, I mean, I think Monday night was maybe that was an eye open for this team, and they realized that okay, Drew has he has to trust these guys and yeah. stuff like that. And I think I thought they did a good job, you know, getting Kamara the ball on, on Monday night. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, he had, you know, he had good rushing yards and yeah. um, yards receiving, and um, so yeah, they, they have to get everybody involved. And again, we don't really have to see Drew throw the ball down the field. He, he, if they're nickel and diamond all the way down the field, that's that's fine. I mean, they just want to keep them chains moving. But the offense has to stay on the field. They can't be three and out. And, I mean, they just can't do that. Right. Yeah, I mean, and we talk about Drew Brees, uh, you know, the topic of conversation across the national media, local media, has been a question, is Drew Brees on a decline? Or if people have been asking, is Drew Brees washed? Rob, I got to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> is Drew Brees on the decline? And is he? Washed, if, the, if as people would say. Yeah, I don't. I'm not gonna say he's washed quite yet, <laughs> but <laughs> you have me that after Sunday night. I mean, I, I just don't want to do it after two games. I, I've seen Drew in the past, and I've seen him 
bounce back and and just kill it. So um, I can't say yet, but I mean, I think we're definitely seeing some signs that he's not, you know, what he was back in 2009. I mean, I think it's pretty, pretty obvious on that, but I'm not ready to write him off quite yet. But again, Sunday night, I may be ready to, I mean, that's, you know, I just, I just want to see what, you know, right. I mean, these first two games have been undrew. Like, I mean, again, like I said, he's completing 64% of his passes and Drew's a guy who's, is all about his accuracy. I mean, that's what he does. Yeah, that's that's what he can do. Yeah. And also, a, a big concern, Rob, is the plays down the field. Um, the lack of explosive plays. I think he only had maybe like one pass that I think of 20 yards or something like that. I mean, you don't see a lot of guys on defense concerned about the Saints taking the top off their defense. Uh, do you think that the Saints may need to try to implement someone like Taysom Hill or even a Jameis Winston into the offense to compensate for the fact that maybe Drew Brees can't get the ball down the field anymore. Yeah, I think you have to. I mean, we've seen some plays when Tyson comes in and, and, and you know, and does that. But the only thing about that is it's almost like, okay, here comes Tyson or Jameis. That means they're about to go up. You know, you can't even fool anybody if you right. got to do that. So I think that's a part that's going to be, be tricky about it. But, yeah, I think they definitely – they need that threat. And, I mean, as long as they're in the game and it's close, it's fine. But – I mean, there are going to be some times when the Saints are in a hole and they got to catch up and you got to move the ball quick. You can't take your time going down the field. So, I mean, I think in those instances, I mean, you're going to have to be able to take the top off of those defenses. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, I mean, the, the scheme is out right now. I, I can tell you what Green Bay is going to do. Green Bay, Bay, who is averaging about 500 yards right now of offense, they're leading the NFL in offense. They're going to come into the Superdome trying to start fast. They're going to try to get up on the Saints by maybe two or three touchdowns and they're going to dare Drew Brees to try to get them back in the game by throwing the football. And that's crazy to say, Rob. Like, that who would have ever thought that was going to be the strategy to beat the Saints? Absolutely. Like, Drew Brees' lack of arm strength is, is the game plan to try to make sure that the Saints don't win a football game. Like, all those years of Drew Brees being the reason, this could be the reason why the Saints don't get that victory over the Green Bay Packers. But back to Taysom Hill. I mean, zero. Zero, Rob. Zero passing plays from Taysom Hill uh, on in his game against uh, on Monday. Do you feel like the Saints, in the absence of Michael Thomas, need to use Taysom Hill a little bit more offensively? Yeah, I think you have to at this point. Um, again, I don't want to jump the gun too early, but I just think they you got to get him in there and show some different looks. And I mean, because Taysom, I mean, he, I mean, we all know what all the things he does, and I think if you bring him in there, it just keeps the offense off balance and. Right. There's so many more things you have to watch out for with him out there. So I think you definitely have to get him. You got to get him more looks, man. I mean, it's just it's at that point where you have to do that. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Let's go ahead and move to the defensive side of the ball. I mean, there's nothing to hoop and holler about defensively in the game against the Raiders. But uh, the defense has shown us in week one that they are opportunistic defense. And uh, when they go up against elite competition or a lot of people consider elite, they, they rise to the occasion. Uh, we've seen the same situations – over and over again, Rob. I mean, we see Marshawn Lattimore, a guy who a lot of people can depend on being a shutdown corner, but he plays down to his competition. Uh, what does this defense, in your opinion, have to do uh, to make sure that they don't have any letdowns like the Raiders happen ever again? Well, at least this season, Rob. Um, I, I think this Sunday is going to be a really big test. I mean, you look at how I mean, Green, Green Bay is really balanced on offense. I mean, they're fifth in the league in passing, first in the league in rushing. So, I mean, it's not like they're 
it's not some one dimensional team that you can just key on one thing. And uh, I mean, I don't know if Devontae Adams, you know, he has a, he's battling a hamstring issue. So if he's if he's playing, I mean, that, that makes him that much more dangerous. Uh, I think the Saints are going to have to do a better job tackling. Mm-hmm. Um, the penalties have to cut down, obviously, and um, they got to get off the field, man. I mean, you can't yeah. just let these teams keep third down. You got to get out. I mean, it's just yeah. simple as that. And um, if they do that, they'll be fine. If not, the Saints are going to find themselves in a hole and <laughs> depending on the offense to bail them out. So, you right. know, they just got to – I think it's as simple as that. I think, you know, they have a – they do a good job of protecting um, Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, getting pressure on him, I mean – Cam Jordan doesn't have a sack yet this season. I mean, I know right. we talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they just got to get back to where they were week one. I'm not sure. I'm not even sure what happened to them on week two. I mean, it was pretty mind-boggling as well. Yeah. I mean, you talked about the uh, you talked about the defense and you talked about Cam Jordan. Uh, I, I think that's something that needs to be addressed as well. You know, Cam Jordan, a guy that we depend on, had double-digit sacks probably, what, the last three seasons? Uh, right now he doesn't have a sack, but I mean, he's really good in, in run stopping. I mean, that's something that he does really well. Uh, in your opinion, what's going on with Cam Jordan right now? And um, why is it that he's having a hard time getting pressure, especially against guys who are playing with second and third string offensive line? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Cam's a guy, I don't know if I really worry about him, man. I think he's going to come around. I think, you know, Cam will come out and have two sacks Sunday and, we're not even talking about him anymore. And, right. and and to the credit, I mean, the guys on the other side of the, you know, the other defensive ends have, you know, Trey Henderson had a couple of sacks this season, which, mm-hmm. so we haven't, we haven't, it doesn't sound like we've missed Marcus Davenport. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't talked about missing him as much. And Granderson, I think he had a, I can't remember if it was a sack or a tackle for loss. And uh, so I don't know. I, I think, and I think the defensive line is not, maybe not playing as well as they have, but I think they're, I'm not really as concerned about them. I think Anya Mata's played really, really well on the inside. I think Malcolm Brown played really well the other day. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think we have to worry about Cam too much. Yeah. I mean, but I, again, mm-hmm. you know, if we, if we come out to week three and he still didn't have a sack, now I'm going to – I think he has one tackle for loss this season. But, I mean, right. you do want to see him be a little more disruptive. I mean, we can't just give him a free pass because he's Cam. But, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, you want to see more out of him. Yeah. I, I agree. You know, Cam Jordan, uh, we expect excellence out of him for because for the last couple of years, I mean, he's given us great uh, line play. So, I mean, just because, like you said, he's Cam Jordan doesn't mean that he gets a pass. We expect for him to be excellent every time he hits the field. Uh, you talk about Trey Hendrickson. Trey Hendrickson has two sacks leading the Saints uh, <laughs> sacks right now. And uh, he's a he's a backup, Rob. Right? You know, right now he's starting in a place of Marcus Davenport. So there's a question. Uh, I feel like needs to be asked here. Uh, should he be starting even if Marcus Davenport comes back? Uh, I mean, should the Saints just put Marcus Davenport back in his original place? No, I think um, I think what we've seen in, in Davenport when he does show those flashes, I mean, I think he is the starter. I mean, Trey's played well. He's an excellent backup guy, but, um, I don't know, yeah, Marcus Davenport's better than Trey Hendricks. And I was- <laughs> And that's not to take away from what Trey. I mean, that's not to take away from Trey, but I mean, I think you you start um, Davenport. I mean, we just man, he's had some tough luck with injuries since he's arrived, and you want to see him get healthy and do the things that made the Saints, you know, trade with Green Bay to draft him. I mean, you just want to see them get that done. Yeah, want to see him get that done. Yeah, um, I just think that Davenport uh, he does do a lot of great things, shows a lot of flashes, but Rob, he always hurt. 
You know, like I mean, the best ability is availability. Right. And, uh, right now, Trey Hendrickson. I mean, he's he playing pretty well. So I mean, to me, it would be hard for me to take him off the field, especially like since uh, since the more reps he gets, it seems like he, he gets better and better. But it's gonna be interesting to see once Davenport gets back. Uh, they had a couple guys on the injury list. People like Malcolm Brown. Uh, I think Teron Armstead was also on the injury list, dealing with a growing. Trey Hendrickson was actually on the list with the growing. But the team didn't practice on yesterday. Should we be concerned about any of those guys possibly not playing on Sunday? Uh, I mean, they didn't practice, and it was kind of just a speculation injury report, I guess is what they called it. But uh, mm-hmm. I think anytime you got Teron on the injury report, you should be concerned. because I just think he's a guy that this team really, really needs. I mean, right. if you don't have Teron out there, I mean, that makes things so much tougher for, uh, yeah. for Drew. I mean, <laughs> and things have been tough for Drew already. Imagine <laughs> without Teron out there. So, yeah, I mean, I think that should be a concern. And we'll, we'll see the injury report and see how it progresses during the week and, you know, get that guy back. And, you know, if this team was out without Trey Henderson, I mean, that's – if you would have Davenport and Trey Henderson, I mean, that mm-hmm. that's a big blow as well. Damn, and um, who's the other – I said Malcolm Brown. I mean, he, yeah. like I, said, I think he had one of his better games um, – yeah, since being here on Sunday. So, yeah, I mean, all those injuries are big, but I mean, I think they, I don't know. We don't know how bad they are. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, this is somebody I didn't mention. What about Emmanuel Sanders? I mean, <laughs> we, we expected him to be the number two receiver, you know, outside of Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas goes down and we thought that, okay, we got Emmanuel Sanders. So all is not, you know, terrible. You know, he comes in and I mean, he gets a catch in garbage time, you know, of the game against the Raiders and, I mean, he had a few catches uh, in the game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but it came late in the game. Right. Uh, right now, uh, why is it that Emmanuel Sanders and Drew Brees aren't on the same page? I do think that takes a little while. I mean, you know, I go back to last year with Jared Cook. It took Jared Cook a while to get in sync with Drew, too. I mean, Jared had his better game towards the end of the season. It just seemed like, for for whatever reason, it just takes time for Drew to 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 gel with the, with the new receiver. And I just think – I think eventually we'll see uh, Emmanuel, you know, get more and more involved in the offense. And yeah. I mean, they're pretty desperate. They needed to, they needed to happen yeah. sooner than later. And uh, I mean, again, we talk about Trey Quan. I mean, he was the leading guy yeah. last week. And um, so, I mean, you'd like to see Emmanuel get some of those, um, you know, they'd be able to at least balance that out a little bit instead of it going, all the passes going to one guy. I mean, they need to yeah. spread around a little bit to be more of a threat, I feel like. Yeah, I think that's what really really kills the Saints, in my opinion. Um, it, it, it reminds me back, Rob, back in, like, 2015. Like, when when you had, like, somebody like Robert Meacham, you know he was in a game to take the top off the defense. Uh, when you seen somebody like Javaris Cadet, he was in a game for the screen game. You know, me as a fan watching this on television, if I know where the ball is going, imagine what those coaches of 30, 40 years of experience know. You know, so – I, I, my concern is them becoming one-dimensional and relying too much on these same usual suspects. Now, they are playmakers. These guys are all pros and pro bowlers. But you have to have trust in some of these younger players as well. Like, I don't think that Marquez Callaway came to the NFL to be a glorified blocker. You know what I'm saying? To be a, you know what I'm saying, a, 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 you know what I'm saying? another version of a tight end. You know, this guy came into there to try to catch passes. And I feel like the Saints don't really utilize some of the guys that they're not familiar with who I feel like aren't system guys at that particular time. Uh, I feel like that's, that's, that's a concerning issue to me as a fan and as a person that just analyzes the game myself. Uh, lastly, uh, Traquan Smith, 
Uh, we've been asking for years about this guy stepping up and when we needed him the most. I mean, he came through. I mean, that, that first catch that he caught, I think he broke off the tackle for about 29 yards, got down to the goal line. Uh, he showed a lot of toughness, a lot of grit out there, especially like uh, catching some of those short intermediate passes and getting that yak yards after the catch. Uh, looking at that game, do you think that Traquan Smith has turned the corner? I think he has. I think that game was going to really – I think we would probably look back at that game years from now and, and, and actually say what you just said. You know, that was his kind of coming out game. I mean, he's had some – Games, you know, had some good catches over, you know, his past, right. last uh, two years. But right. I think now, without Mike, I think he realized he needs to uh, be that guy. And I think the thing for Trey Quan, like I, I think we talked about this last time. I mean, Trey Quan's always talked about how he just didn't really feel like he had a good grasp of the offense those first two years, and now mm-hmm. I feel like he's at a point where he knows what he lines up now. He knows what he's supposed to do. But in the past, we talked about how he kind of be out there and not not really sure what he's supposed to do. And, um, that makes a big difference. I mean, he's not that he's not out there thinking now that he's just, you know, just kind of reacting and just kind of doing what he's supposed to do. And I think that's going to make a difference for him. And, yeah, I think you mentioned his yards after catch. I think that's something that um, – and Drew talked about. I mean, I think that's something that Traquan does that we haven't seen a lot of, but that's what's going to make him a special player. I mean, just his ability to do that and get those extra yards and um, something that – you know, you, you see Mike doing it, but it's good to see another guy being able to do it. Yeah, I mean, looking at Traquan Smith, I mean, you can see that he showed a lot of toughness out there. You know, that was one of my main concerns about Traquan. I feel like sometimes those guys can jam him at the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, and just get him out of the game sometimes. Exactly. And, and also, I think that the, the issue is, I mean, the help of him moving from the inside to the outside, now that Tate Gay Jr. is no longer there, I think that kind of helps him too, especially him coming out of Central Florida. That was his bread and butter. That's right. what got him to the league. Him being on the outside, taking the top off the defense, and some of those explosive plays out there in Central Florida. Uh, last, uh, let's talk Malcolm Jenkins here. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins uh, didn't look good. Didn't look good at all. Uh, I think we all were happy in a Who That Nation. Him coming back to the New Orleans Saints. We know the type of person that he is off the field. Some of the things that he does. He's a leader on the field as well. But a guy that had one of the worst games I've seen him play in a very long time. So uh, should the Saints be concerned about Malcolm Jenkins? Um, again, I just don't want to put too much into one game. I thought Malcolm played well in, in week one. I thought he did. You know, he was solid. Um, I'm not concerned yet. But, again, um, man, I'm telling you, when Von Bell left his team, I just thought – I thought Von was really probably underappreciated last year. Like, I don't know if we talked about him enough last year because mm. he was just such a playmaker and uh, – so when he left, I was a little concerned. Then they signed Malcolm. I was like, okay, that's a good replacement for him. But yeah, I mean, you definitely want to see Malcolm play. You want to see my, you want to see week one Malcolm and not not week two Malcolm. No, no, no. no. Uh, <laughs> so um, I, again, I think it's too. I'm, I'm not gonna gauge too much off of one game yet. Right. Yeah, I look at Von Bell though, Rob. You know, my main issue with Rob, I mean, with uh, Von Bell is why did it take? your last year of your contract year in order for you to step up. Like he had his best season in a Saints uniform in his final season when it was a contract year. And I'm always concerned about people like that because I feel like, are you playing because you're, you're dialed in, you're motivated, you turn the corner, or you're just putting on this best effort because you realize it's a contract year and you're trying to, uh, you know, just maximize your portfolio, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Like you're trying to, you're trying to put yourself in elite territory so you can get as much money as possible. And when you get the money, are you just going to go back to being, you know, 
what we've seen the first two years of your career. So I'm, I'm concerned about that. Do, is, do I think that he would have made a, a difference? Yes. I also think DJ Swearinger would have made an issue. I mean, made a difference in this game. Like, you can say what you want to say about him. I mean, but this guy is a, a person that makes wide receivers and tight ends second guess about going over the middle. I right. don't think that Darren Waller would have uh, been as confident going over the middle if DJ Swearinger was out there, knowing that he can lower the boom on this guy. So I, I just feel like the Saints making him inactive in that game, I mean, it was a head-scratcher to me. understand you won't roll with P.J. Williams, but, I, I mean, I, I got my own little takes on P.J., but I just think that D.J. Swearinger should have been the guy. But, um, Rob, thank you so much for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, thank you for your time, and uh, let everybody know how they can get in touch with you. Um, on Twitter, I'm Rod Walker Nola, and you can read my work at, uh, at nola.com, and, you know, we're – all you know, all things Saints. I mean, you can find it there. So, yeah, man, I appreciate it, Rod. Um, thank you so much, man, for your for your time. I appreciate it, man, and uh, definitely got to have you back again. Anytime, man. All right, take it easy. All right. All right. All right.